there are different types of people. So mm -hmm. I know mm -hmm. I met one violinist. He's practicing every day six hours or even seven. Wow. But he's not a good musician. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Wonder Cello podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm here today with Seiji Kim, a wonderful cellist based in Berlin. We actually go way back. We studied together in Leipzig with Professor Peter Bruns. She was the one to force me to improve my English. Uh, so, uh, how I'm, I'm doing so far, Sehi? <laughs> I think you're doing really well. You sound great. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. So, um, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah. So I, I am Korean Canadian cellist who then moved to the States also for studies. And then eventually moved to Germany. And now I am based in Berlin. I have a time contract with um, Konzerthaus Orchester Berlin. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, at the moment, because of the pandemic, we're not playing at all. Mm. Concert halls are closed until April and due to, yeah, until further notice, I guess. Mm. So at the moment, I'm not performing at all. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. So we have we have to say so mm -hmm. today it's uh, 17 January mm -hmm. uh 2021. 21, yeah. 21. So it's a wow. big pan pan pandemic time, <laughs> corona. Yeah. It's been nearly a year. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lockdown. We have um kind of a now more harsher lockdown, I guess. And I mm. guess um, the Senate and they are always discussing whether they should even shut down the um, trans transport uh, traffic, like all yeah. the, yeah, like yeah, public transit. Yeah, yeah. so at least in Berlin, yeah. yeah. And um, so at the moment, um, yeah, as yeah. I said, like all the concert halls are closed. Right. My last dienst, as in my last rehearsal with Konzerthaus Orchestra was, well, actually not too long ago, um, about a month ago in December, second week. Mm -hmm. And that was for just a recording uh, session. But l my last live performance was quite a bit ago. <laughs> yeah, you, you actually <laughs> I think. probably not remembering it, right? Yeah, maybe in November. November. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. My, my mm -hmm. last, my with last. The masks. Yeah. Yeah. With masks, masks. My last, also my last mm. performance was in in, mm -hmm. in the beginning of November, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Mine too. I think that was maybe November first or second. That was the beginning of another lockdown. Um, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy times we live uh, right uh, right yeah. in. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, tough times for artists, for yeah, actually for all of uh, for all yeah. people who doesn't have an online business. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty uh, much, yes. Yeah. So um, how old uh, how old was you when you moved from um, Korean to to the states? 
What? Well, Please. I so my family we immigrated to Canada. Canada. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was thirteen, fourteen or so, mm-hmm. and then I was already playing the cello, and um, and then I grew up there also. Then I finished my bachelor's actually in Canada, and then moved to the states for my master's at twenty one. Um, and then I moved to Germany for Meisterklasse, which is a postgraduate program equivalent to DMA, but, um, they don't call it that here. Um, I think I was 24, 23, 24. Yeah. 24. And mm-hmm. what, what motivated you to, to move to, to Europe or to, was it already specifically Germany you, you wanted to go or just Europe? So I actually um, always wanted to live in Europe for, I don't know, like 10 years or something. It was just my childhood dream. Mm -hmm. And not just for music, but it was um, because I was fascinated with Europe's architecture, um, just art scene, history, and um, everything about it. It's just I was really curious. So it wasn't anything um, music related, actually. Mm-hmm. That thought was planted when I was really young, I think, um, like 10, 10 or so when I was ah, 10. Ah, really? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and then, yeah, and then basically uh, when I was doing my master's um, at the time in Houston, Texas, in the States, mm-hmm. I just kind of had this urge to like pursue it. Um, I didn't know anybody mm. in Europe, really, not really. Um, I didn't know any teachers. I didn't do any um, international music festivals during the summer. I did only uh, things that were happening in Canada or US. Mm. So I didn't have any connections over here. So I was thinking, yeah, France would be cool too and Germany. But then eventually, um, of course, uh, after doing some research on my own, mm. um, I thought Germany would be a better choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just went. I mean, even my professor at the time, he didn't also have any connections h- himself either. So it was really done uh, organically just by me. Okay. Um, so I had a lot of hardships and, um, yeah, a bit of difficulties coming over here. Yeah, uh, can imagine. And uh, so uh, you you did some research and... Um, what, uh, what um, led you decided to to choose uh, Germany? Like, what mm-hmm. was uh, um, just mostly mm. just maybe because of the history of music itself, like all mm. the composers and all the um, works, like orchestras, and um, mm. at the time I was really curious about how um, these Orchestra Académie kind of this format like they do did not exist really besides the um, huh. in Miami uh, there is one New World Symphony that is that is kind of like a serving as an orchestra academy um, but it's not working with the festa people like um, um, it's not serving under actual existing orchestra new world symphony is itself um 
kind of like um, created by only the fellows. So okay. only by practicanten, practicant, um, academy people kind of like, I mean, it's really um, high level um, and successful organization, but um, they, I heard of, I've heard of all these Orchestra Academy and this system and it's very well structured and right. just the idea of, of having each city, city ha has so many orchestras in Germany right. and then within that there's still Orchestra Academy, this kind of um, yeah. community. So I was yeah. really driven by that and I wanted to try it myself. Maybe maybe you can explain uh, to uh, to the audience mm -hmm. what, what it means, academist, ac um, what is right. that? Um, so, Orchestra Academy is type of a it's it's a program. It's an internship, so to speak, for yeah. um, any other fields. Um, and you get to you are you have to audition, and each section in the orchestra has one or two um, um, academists. Hmm. And interns, basically, each section. And you spend one year to two years with one specific uh, orchestra. And you get to really live and breathe um, as if you have a um, contract, um, permanent contract there. And But your workload is half. So it will be like a time contract or half half time. Yeah. Um, and you get to have lessons with the members and you get to also put on your own concerts, chamber music concerts, and you get to also do lots of productions. If it's in an opera house, then you do, you get to see how one opera gets premiered from the get go until, um, the end. Mm. And you learn repertoires that way or with symphony orchestras, then you each week have different programs and you you really work as if you are one of the members and you get to learn a lot um, by doing and you um, yeah you tour with them also so it's mm -hmm. it's a really wonderful um, program and I think it's it's really necessary to right and um, something similar doesn't mm -hmm. really exist in in the states I think they are starting to now mm -hmm. um, as I said New World Symphony is the only kind of like um Thing that existed at the time when I was in the States mm -hmm. um, around 2009, 2010. Um, a lot of my friends who also studied with me ended up um, working there also, but it's only two to three years um, you can um, experience this. And then I, I think you, you have to then... Um, um, apply for real positions mm. so it's kind of sort of serving as an internship orchestra mm. at a very high level but um, you don't have a sit-in um, house orchestra where mentors uh, or any members work with you so right yeah mm -hmm. so um, also in in your opinion What do you think? Is it easier to get gigs in the US or in Germany for classical mm. musician for, for a cellist? I think that varies. So what we consider gigs. I mean, mm. when I was in North America, like most of my gigs were uh, lots of weddings, <laughs> ah, right. um, either outdoor or indoor, like church or um, small chamber music concerts, reception, um, 
music for functions, mm. galas, events, speeches, um, things like that. And definitely, I had more gigs in Germany where we really presented some concert material. Right. So it wasn't serving as background music or uh, wedding music. I, I've done a lot of some weddings here as well, but mm. um, it was more programmed and... Yeah, yeah. It, I think yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was only two two weeks in in Boston and talked to a lot mm. of students there because actually I thought of um, maybe to go to New York or to Boston to mm -hmm. to do do my master there. Mm -hmm. And um, but I was surprised that a lot of people said like it's really difficult to um, to earn. Uh, money through music mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. so I saw a lot of students um, working in restaurants musicians mm -hmm. working in the restaurants mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. I never seen in, in Germany because you have so many possibilities to really yeah. earn money by by your mm -hmm. with your music instrument concerts concertizing Concert, yeah. yes and yeah. what I experienced that it's um, even also in the so there Uh, to get a uh, good concert, good, uh, good, well-paid concert, you get only mm -hmm. in in the big cities like Boston, New York, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. the competition is quite high because all yeah. the musicians are there. But yeah. around that, you will not find anything. And and in in Germany, you have so many uh, villages, <laughs> small cities yeah, where is true. somebody who have. Uh, Yeah. as concert manager and have a beautiful yeah. concert yeah. hall sure so um mm -hmm. so i just i just wanted to be uh, wanted uh, to ask you that because if it's just a myth or if it's just something what i thought but seems like it's true that, that yeah. the possibilities are quite quite better better here in germany yeah um mm -hmm. But yeah, we will see after Corona what <laughs> what will happen. Yeah, we'll see what what has changed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's true. I think I think um, there are just people are still. Um, I don't know. I think I think at least my personal feeling mm. was that classical music is quite well embedded in German uh, society and culture. I mean, mm. you know, it's it's. It's inevitable. I mean, it really started here also, the classical music. And yeah, it's, it's kind of academic uh, yeah. rank. Like when you tell somebody on the, on the party, yeah, I'm, um, I'm studying music. They are always, oh, oh, wow. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and maybe in, in America, uh, or they, they're asking you, oh, what else? Yeah, like, it's exotic, <laughs> but then, yeah, how do you earn your living? Like, <laughs> that, yeah. that's the kind of a feeling. I mean, yeah, I feel like people, uh, normal, just everyday um, kind of Alltag <laughs> uh, feeling is that um, just average, you know, citizen um, people just hear they really appreciate, they do appreciate classical music. And, mm. you know, even if it's for, let's say, like someone's 60th, 70th birthday or something, they even arrange like a string quartet concert for their grandma, grandma, right. even things like that. It, it does happen. And um, people do do that quite well here. And mm. um, 
it does happen. They treat you well and you get paid fairly uh, most of the time. Right. And as you said, there are many organizers in Germany in, in each, however small and significant the town is, right. there's something always happening. Yeah. And um, I think it's just part of everyday life here more so than uh, North America. I mean, mm. it is a bit... Um, objectified in a way um, people are yeah. fascinated by mm. fascinated by like oh you're a musician classical musician but mm. then um they don't yeah it's not quite embedded in in every every day's kind of like everyone's daily life i, I guess yeah yeah and so uh was it difficult to get uh, used to your new environment music musically musically and uh, personally when you moved Germany. To, to Germany mm. yeah it was quite it was quite difficult for me um mm. because i was so blindsided at the time when i decided to really move to germany i mm. was only thinking about um okay i would like to apply for these schools these professors and i just need to get my foot in the door right. and that was the only thought that i had and i didn't think about cultural shock or i didn't think about the language i mean i did think about it but um i thought i would i would just embrace it i will learn it and you know right. um I, yeah, I didn't think about these social um, aspects of it, mm. and I I just came here, and I, right. I was studying German. I was studying German a little bit prior to uh, my move, but mm -hmm. it was nowhere near uh, where it needed to be. And you know, as you know, like when you learn a new language, um, learning in school through a textbook and learning in life by speaking is mm. quite different. Right. So. And German is my third language, so that was a bit um, challenging. And mm. also Leipzig and Saxony culturally was quite alien to me. Um, yeah. Not to, not to <laughs> also because they have an accent in German yes, as well. They have. So it was, and that was the very heavy, and that was my first <laughs> living German um, to hear this every day. Um, yeah through school or people in stores and things like that it was really really difficult for me i mean it sounded completely different from what i've learned yeah um and also musically yeah i mean i i thought um i was quite ready to embark on my career um i had finished my master's in the states mm. and i was feeling quite confident and comfortable with my playing technically also musically right. mm. And then I, I came here and started studying with uh, Peter Pruns, mm. Professor Pruns, and um, he took me apart. Okay. I mean, he he is, I have the only, like, only utmost um, respect for him. He, he is a wonderful teacher and mentor. He taught me so much, mm. and I still really regard him as, like, the best teacher um, you can learn from mm. but at the time um, yeah like tech technical stuff um, for me I mm. basically I felt like I had to relearn the cello in a way oh my god I didn't know yeah, that because, yeah because yeah I think I think I 
told you maybe I talked yeah, you, about you, it a little bit. Yeah, you told me a little bit. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but not that dramatic, dramatically. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, uh, at the time, I, I was I was really pressured because mm -hmm. um, the program that I was in is called Meisterklasse, mm -hmm. which is only um, offered even in Germany, only two places, which is in University of Weimar, Hochschule für Musik Weimar, I think, mm -hmm. or, or Dresden, or something like, no, Weimar and Leipzig. Right. So this is, um, it's not concert exam, it's not doctorate, but it's kind of a bit of both. So mm -hmm. this is a degree where um, you have to be performing at the highest level. Right. And also as well teach be able to teach um, students at a, mm. a university level which what i was mostly uh, drawn to at the mm. time mm. and um yeah so i was under a lot of pressure like yeah. two two three years to finish this degree and yet i felt like doing baby steps again in in you know real german school style mm. um and musically also he challenged me a lot so right. the mm. world musical world technical cello world um everything that i had known mm -hmm. up till then was basically all shattered um, really like what could you be more specific specific um yeah i mean everyone learns cello differently and they have different schooling and like positioning um maybe mm -hmm. Um, every teacher has their styles, you know, but I, I guess I've been kind of sort of lazy, mm -hmm. <laughs> even though I was, uh, done with my master's degree. Um, I was more driven by my like, uh, story, like my musicality. And I think I had done enough work technically enough to facilitate and move as as much as I want and as fast as I, I could um, but it wasn't serving the narrative of my musicality mm -hmm. not so concisely like not so precisely and Peter mm -hmm. Bruns uh, he really he really challenged me um, right. could you do even if it's yeah. Mm -hmm. Could you do one example? Like Yeah, from... for example, like it could be anything. Um it could be like Beethoven A major sonata, the opening. Um right. first movement. Da ya ra da di ra 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 di ra and this is, I mean, one of the most wonderful and beautiful and hardest, <laughs> difficult piece of yes. music. And, um, you know, I, I was leaping from A to E. Mm -hmm. Kind of in a way that I wasn't really thinking about what type of shape do I want to make from A to E. First two notes, mm -hmm. you know, first two notes. And I was more concerned about, okay, intonation, um, cleanness, and I'm not sliding mm. and trying to make a nice overall line. Mm. Cause it's the, 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 the actual line is, line goes for over a few bars, right? And then answer. But he challenged me even from the very first two notes, like, 
why, how, and when、yeah. <laughs> am I going to get to this E? And what type of shape、mm. do I want to blow this up? Or am I gonna just、uh, be more、um, gentle?、Mm-hmm. Or wh- how am I gonna serve this leap, this、right. shift? I mean, not yeah, things like that.、Um, just really down to microscopic level,、mm-hmm. he really challenged me to think.、Um, okay, so I need to have a very Clear idea of how I want to shape it,、mm-hmm. how much I want to、um, lean on to、um, F sharp, the one after, or how loud or how quiet do I need to be? How much vibrato? Like every all the technical stuff had to、um, serve my idea,、mm-hmm. not the other way around.、Mm-hmm. I was so concerned about technical stuff that.、Mm-hmm. Musical、um, shape and things were kind of sort of floating on top at the end. That was my decision making、um, right. process, the hierarchy of thinking.、Mm-hmm. So,、mm-hmm. I mean, of course,、um, this this is quite challenging, and this is hard to always、um, think this way and this detail at this level all the time.、Mm-hmm. It's quite.、Right. Mind-boggling for a lot of people. Maybe I mean, maybe I got to this point just only when I came to Germany, and I had these challenges before, of course. But I was there were so many things happening. We have to take care of so many things, you know. Always like、mm. when we're playing the music, so、right. you have to pick your battles, and、mm. maybe you know. Obviously, there's so many wonderful、uh, cellists who get there faster, earlier in their careers or、mm. academic careers.、Um, but for me, it was just then when it really happened, and and I had to sort of、um, shed everything that I knew so far and just okay, start from zero again, and to really、mm. challenge this way of thinking. Yeah, well, yeah, that that challenging, challenging、mm-hmm. uh, a lot.、Mm-hmm. Wow.、Um, so, in 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 comparison, okay, now you you didn't、uh, study a, a master in Germany, but what is your exp-、um, expression about、uh, university in in general、uh, to study music in in comparison to to the states and to、uh, to Germany. Hmm. I would say. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to hard to compare because the study、um, the studies I I've done here is just not.、Um, Yeah, I didn't take so many courses. I、right. had seminars、um, and lots of just teaching in、mm. in in general, actual teaching undergraduate students, master students.、Um, but for me, yeah, I guess it's just there's a bit of more freedom maybe in Germany.、Um, there are there's more of real. Performing opportunities and more real-time,、um, hands-on learning opportunities. Right. Yeah. So first,、um, what what you really so I just、mm-hmm. want to、um, tell about my experience in Boston. 
Mm -hmm. uh, just know that. So first of all, in Germany, you have to know that in Germany, you uh, you don't have to pay any money for tuition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, for do a bachelor. Okay, it's just mm -hmm. I think it's just only two hundred around two hundred dollar yeah. for right. Yeah, right. And uh, and then yeah, what you already said, you have a lot of freedom. You don't have a lot of other courses. Um, mm -hmm. Also, you don't have so much orchestra to play mm -hmm. um, because because everything is more considered. Yeah, you need your time for practicing. Mm -hmm. And then so on. And, and what I experienced a little bit in, in Boston was that that a bachelor, for example, you have, it's kind of, yeah, back to school. Like you have even, yeah. you have, I think. A lot of courses. To yeah, take, you have yeah. Course, uh, courses like. Uh, Non-music. Uh, yeah. Uh, environment. Electives. Courses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> math mathematic courses. Um, yeah. Political yeah. courses. Um, yeah. So a lot of stuff. And um, I, I heard a, a lot of students who, who went there from um, Germany who were complaining, mm -hmm. oh, I don't have time, any time to, to practice. Because mm -hmm. uh, so much stuff is going on. Uh, on the other hand, of course, you get, um, uh, um, how to say, yeah, like you have an environment, everybody everybody is telling you what you have to do. Like, you know, you just have mm -hmm. to, 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 and mm -hmm. when I think back about my time, so when we met, I was doing my bachelor. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had a little, a little bit too much free time. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you remember what, what was I complaining about? Uh, <laughs> probably um, um, not getting mm -hmm. myself into practicing the cello. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think um, I think it's also nice, you know, like to have this freedom a little bit more here where you have time to process. Like, let's say you have a lesson and oh, the difference um, for me the immediately was that the lessons that we were receiving in Germany from our teacher at least is hour and a half. Um, so in the States, it's um, one hour. Well, I guess that depends on the teacher also because mm -hmm. and, and the teacher's schedule. But for me, um, one hour and a half, um, hour and a half every week, um, was quite a lot. Mm. Uh, you get a lot done actually. And therefore you have to do a lot of material and you have to practice, prepare a lot of it also. Right. Um, But yeah, you're right. Tuition is a big difference. Um, mm. Luckily, I was also um, um, fortunate to receive all the scholarships, so I haven't, I didn't have to pay any of that um, in North America. Mm. And then also here, it was also free. Um, yeah, and and courses. That's right. I mean, it depends on which type of school you're at. Um, mm. So if you go to a university, then yeah, you have to do a certain amount of academics and non-music related courses, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so in a good way, yeah. you get uh, more diversity. Like you get to discover maybe different subjects and different sides of you or the, the topics that you are interested in, um, mm. not related to music, which, which is also um, quite eye-opening and yeah, can be, helpful yeah. for one's growth. Um, and you get to have lots of 
yeah, student, uh, you get to have lots of, sorry, um, friends and colleagues who are non-musicians mm. and you get to exchange lots of different type of life experiences, which is also valuable. Right. Um, but if you also go to a conservatory, which is like a Hochschule mm. equivalent in Germany, then you uh, don't have to take too many academic courses, just one or two electives, I think, mm-hmm. per semester or even per year. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> but then it's more centralized with right. music and um, your career as a musician and more chamber music and more hand, like more performing. Um, yeah, centered. Maybe I just wanted to go back to uh, what you said about... Um, so um, in, in in the states you have normally every week um, lesson one hour. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's actually true in Germany. A lot of teachers uh, they there you have every two weeks, around every two yeah. weeks or mm-hmm. even less. Um, yeah, sometimes um, even less. Yeah. Lessons and then one and one uh, one and a half. Yeah. And. Um, Yeah, to be to be honest, I think it's a little bit because because kind of laziness of the <laughs> professor. Do you think yes, so? yes, no. I experience okay, depending, it's depending, but because actually, when you look uh, at the um, what it's written down uh, mm-hmm. as a program, actually, mm-hmm. as a student, you should get one hour every week. Oh. But there are a lot of teachers who not even live in the same city where you study. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like Peter Bruns mm-hmm. or yeah. um, also I know a lot of other professors. Yeah, so right. for them, so to be, I want to be really honest and I think, so it's not for every, uh, I'm not talking about yeah. every professor, but I just know also some, some other uh, professors mm-hmm. in, uh, for violin or other mm-hmm. instruments. Right. So often they, even if they, uh, they live in the same city, They're playing the concerts and doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then for them, of course, it's much more comfortable to come every two weeks mm-hmm. for two days. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then they, they do just teach. Yeah. yeah they just teach mm-hmm. two days or three days. Mm-hmm. And then kind of they have the, the other days they have completely free. Right. So. Right. There, and this is allowed from the system. Like, uh, this is right. not so. And I see there also a little bit an issue, kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it would be better one hour every week because mm-hmm. then you are, as a student, you are more forced into, uh, uh, yeah, routine. Oh, and yeah, to, to continue schedule. practicing. Yeah, yeah. And because, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm not really kind of a uh, kind of disciplined person. So even, mm-hmm. even I got so far, but uh, I still don't understand it. How I, <laughs> I got there where, where I am. But um, I can remember uh, when I remember my time there. Um, it was for me like, yes. Um, okay. Lesson. Okay. And mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. okay. The next lesson in two weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> often, I, th- I really yeah, often I think the first week I was maybe not, not even practicing much. at all. 
Wow. And, and then three days before the lesson, I was, oh, okay, now I, I should do something. <laughs> <You're gonna practice. laughs> yes. So, yeah. um, and that, that's an aspect, um, not a lot, uh, nobody's really talking about it. Mm. Uh, I feel like I, I'm, I'm missing that, mm. uh, mm. that mm -hmm. also the, um, the, prof uh, the professors, the teachers, um, that they're not uh, talking about this. Mm. Because I find this one of the most important things that you, first of all, that you practice, you have good practice, like how to mm -hmm. practice good, and then, and then to practice at all. So there, there are different types of people. So mm -hmm. I know mm -hmm. I met one violinist. He's practicing every day, six hours or even seven. Wow! But he's not a good musician. I was. <laughs> Yes, was, oh my God, he's <laughs> yeah, practicing. That happens so Sometimes, every yeah, time, but, and and then secretly yeah. I was listening to uh, to his practice. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. and then I find out ah, now I know because he's just he's playing the stuff yeah, without mindlessly. thinking. Yeah, yeah, even when it's not that in happens. tune, he just always repeatedly mm -hmm. plays the the pieces, mm -hmm. but it's, mm -hmm. he's not improving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, it gets worse. Yeah, it gets worse when you're practicing yeah. uh, like like mm -hmm. that. Um, mm -hmm. True. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's um, it kind of goes back to my first impression in Ger on Germany. It's like how classical music is quite well embedded to um, every everyone's well everyday kind of um, life um, and its culture here that there are so many concerts happening every day mm. before pandemic, <laughs> before COVID, but there were always, um, you know, our teachers, lots of professors, um, they have their careers and um, they're quite active and mm. they are teaching on top of it. So I think that's right. why um, they are sometimes not even living in the same city as where they teach. So they, mm. they are quite back and forth. I mean, um, I did see that also um, in the States as well, mm. um, but not as much as in Germany. So people still do, some teachers, professors do have very busy schedules and they have their careers also. Mm. Um, but I think um, maybe... A lot majority of, I mean, a lot of professors also, um, they put their teaching careers first, maybe at some mm. point, mm. um, so that they are there all the time. They're on campus. They are. And also not to mention, maybe it's because of its size. So each teacher in Germany, I would say, uh, I don't know. What would you say? I, like we were at the time, like not, not even. 13 right maybe we were like 10 less. or yeah, less even yeah. less yeah and 15 I, I thought he or 10 I, i'm not sure 15 we weren't 15 ever no. um no. Hmm. even with um erasmus exchange students sometimes yes. maybe it gets to that point but normally um the size of its uh professor's classes is usually quite small here and in the ah. states they're larger i didn't know that and yeah, I think, I mean, 
that's that was my impression. So、mm-hmm. I think that's why、um, maybe lots of professors in the states they、um, tend to teach more regularly, and they kind of have to be there because they have more students.、Mm-hmm. Yeah,、wow. to teach. Yeah,、okay. but I think that's that's also very personal.、Um, it just it differs. Yeah. Yeah, but so it's what we experienced with. The people we know of, and、mm-hmm. so of course、mm-hmm. we cannot talk here in general. Speak for everyone, no, no, no. For sure,、yeah. but、mm-hmm. we are quite long time in this business, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah,、um, yeah. So、uh, I think that's that's about it.、Um, yeah, but you know, I I did really appreciate having hour and a half lessons because then.、Mm-hmm. You really felt like you.、Uh, often, sometimes it became two hours. Right.、Um, right. Yeah. yeah, and you do get a lot done, and you get to talk really in details,、um, and you get to really deal with um, um, some deep topics, and that's something you cannot just get、um, within one hour because you know, let's say, like you have an hour. And it's really like fifteen minutes, really, because you、mm. go in and then unpack, and then you chit chat. Hello, hi, how are you? And then you really get down to playing, and then until the next somebody, you know, next one comes, it's not a full hour. And to、mm. really focus on things and、um, in detail, it's it's not enough time, <laughs>、right. in my opinion. So I really、right. actually did enjoy、um, having longer lessons. Right. Yeah. So、um, for the for the young musicians out there mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. may be thinking of、um, moving to Europe or to to Germany、mm-hmm. to to study there,、um, mm-hmm. would you recommend them to do it? And、mm-hmm. and when maybe not? Or what what,、mm-hmm. what would you say? I definitely recommend it.、Um, mm. I think traveling in general is always.、Uh, A really good education,、mm. and、um, to study abroad is, I think, it's worth. Like, it's so worth it,、um, no、mm. matter where.、Um, yeah, right.、Um, because there's so many things that otherwise you wouldn't even、um, think about in,、um, I don't know, non even non musical setting.、Mm. And for music, classical music, I think. If one's really serious and、um, they would like to really live it and and see what it's really like,、um, then I really recommend、uh, them coming to Germany,、right. at least even for、uh, one semester, even、mm-hmm. to test test the waters. But、right. I definitely recommend it.、Um, of course, everyone's different and they develop differently,、uh, personally and musically. So. I I would say、um, for masters, I think would be a great timing、um, mm. in general. I would say because、mm. for undergrad,、um, it could be also great、um, if one's already quite mature enough and they can endure this culture shock and、mm. language barrier and all these things,、um, and they're quite established with their musicianship and.、Mm. Um, Things like that, then, then of course it, you know. But I think for me, anyway,、um, I came after the masters, and I kind of wish that I had 
come here earlier and um but not too early you know because you're still like bachelor's degree i think you're still forming a lot um you're learning a lot and and about also yourself personally so i think it's um because it's it could be tough living in a different country hmm. studying and living alone or um things like that i think culturally it could be quite tough so yeah i would say maybe yeah like master's degree or just a year or a semester um towards end of your undergrad i think that would be a good time maybe you just say something uh what you what you liked uh what you like uh living here and mm -hmm. also something you you don't like or you uh, you okay. are you on or more like um yeah it's you struggled with mm -hmm. yeah good question i mean there's so many several things that i could <laughs> say um yeah. the one thing the one thing i do appreciate about um german culture or living in germany is that uh people are People are honest, I would say. They're quite direct. Mm. And sometimes it could feel blunt, maybe even unfriendly, kind of rude, but it's actually just honesty. Um, and I really appreciate that um, because you save time. I mean, when you're learning also, mm. you know, you don't want someone, uh, you don't want to be with a teacher who would just give you candies at the end of every lesson you mm. you need a teacher who would just tell the truth and tell mm. you how it is you know right. and as it is and um i definitely had that so <laughs> it was hard it was a struggle mm. also mm. but i really appreciated it and it's i really admire and appreciate Ger german um kind of a schooling and the foundation of how uh things are structured so mm -hmm. It kind of goes with the honesty thing, but yeah, there's no um, fooling anybody anywhere. Yeah. It's just foolproof. It's concrete. It's very by the book, by the mm. system. And therefore, you know, even if there's an error or something didn't work, then you you can kind of navigate yourself and you can find the problem and solve it and move on. And it's very, in a way, practical that way. Mm. Um, so on the other hand, for me, um, as an Asian, <laughs> um, I, so I grew up in both in Korea and Canada, but, um, so I grew up in a very small town in Canada. So there was no, um, not so many Asians living in that city at the time. And, Yeah, uh, I didn't feel unwelcomed. I didn't feel any racism or any difficulties whatsoever. And same goes for the States. Mm -hmm. But when I came here and Berlin, not so much, but when I moved to Leipzig for my studies, finally, um, that, so I came to Berlin. I flew to Berlin with one way ticket. Um, With my cello and my mm. suitcases, I just came here without any plan, basically. I just came here. And then I auditioned for schools. And then within two months, I finished all the auditions and I decided to 
moved to Leipzig to study there. And then once I went there, got my flat, got situated, and and then I realized um, there were there were some <laughs> like racism that I physically um, experienced for the first time in my life. Really? Um, yeah, I, I think I think I told you about this also a long time ago, but. At the time, it was 2012 and 2013 in Leipzig, you know, very politically, uh, very, <laughs> it was kind of mm. um, hard. Mm. And um, yeah, and I just, my German wasn't good at all. So of course, yeah, I, I understand that. But um, yeah, I didn't realize, I mean, ignorance is bliss. You know, hmm. um, I didn't think about this aspect of life whatsoever. I didn't think that it, it could be possible or, you know, hmm. I was thinking it's 2012, you know. Right. Um, and right. then I, I moved there and um, people sometimes would just yell at me on the street. Really? Uh, like, go back. And, you know, basically that's what they were saying in wow. a harsher way. Wow. Um, yeah, like house in the house, you know. Yeah. That was that was like their chant. <laughs> Ausländer raus to, to translate it. Ausländer raus. Yeah, yeah, like just yeah, there were how, many How people. to translate it? Ausländer. Oh, translate. Out. It's like just foreigners get out, like get yeah. out basically. Yeah. And um mm -hmm. leave, I guess, yeah. But I I've never experienced that. Um and sometimes even I was just on my bike. You know, Leipzig is a small city. You can mm. walk around everywhere within 30 minutes and biking even less, you know. Mm. And even people were yelling at me when I was a, on a bike. Um, same thing. And really? things like that, it really got to me because I've never uh, had that experience before. And then mm. I got really... Um, depressed and scared to even go outside. Even for grocery shopping, it's it's somehow... It got to me somehow, like, unfortunately, every time I left the house, something would happen like that. Like, mm. so it was in, in the very earlier uh, days in Leipzig. So I guess also, you know, when you're new mm. in a new community, new city, like people can tell <laughs> perhaps mm. also, but um, maybe because of that or because of the political um, situation at the time. Um, but yeah, things were happening, um, and that was the hardest thing I had to endure. I mean, it, mm. sometimes, but rarely, it, it also happened in Berlin as well. I'm surprised, oh, and I'm, I'm and I feel mm. really ashamed. Uh, no, that, no, I mean, <laughs> it's just, yeah, but yes, yes, it, it, it does happen time to time, yeah. Mm, mm -hmm. mm. Oh, yeah, and yeah. so, um, yeah, but probably also, I think. A lot of people also don't know. Um, even if you not speak German, you can good uh, can come here quite long because everybody nearly speaks English, right? So yeah, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people living in in Berlin um, and cannot speak German at all, and mm -hmm. they live there mm -hmm. since ten years and even more. Oh right, yeah, um, yeah. it could happen. <laughs> it could happen. Would is, is it true? <laughs> is it true, or uh, how how was it for you? Like, mm, yeah, good question. Yeah, mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, I definitely do know also some people like that uh, who uh, been living here a long time, but they don't really necessarily speak so well. Um, I'm also a little bit guilty of that. Um, not anymore. I mean, not anymore. Me, no, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, it's a survival. I mean, my excuse. <laughs> It was just all too overwhelming when I first moved to Leipzig. I mean, not mm. to mention it was not Hochdeutsch. So, <laughs> you know, listening to Leipzig, yes. uh, Leipzig accent mm. Um, mm. and learning in that environment was quite um, challenging. Mm. But I did, I did go to language school, even in Leipzig. Um, mm. It did help a lot. But... Um, Yeah, um, in Leipzig, actually, not so many people speak English. So it kind of forced me to really um, learn German um, mm. faster. But of course, my degree doesn't necessarily um, requires you to mm. uh, speak German really well. So I just got the B1 or the B2 uh, certificate, right. B2 or something like that. Um, and then I didn't... Uh, I got that certificate and then that was official. Okay, I'm in. And then I didn't try anymore. <laughs> yes. um, but then also with the stress of living abroad, you know, it, it's, it's, it takes a while. I mean, it's, it's hard. And then, mm. but finally, when I um, got my internship at um, Komische Oper in mm -hmm. Berlin, mm -hmm. in Berlin, um, Opera House, when I had to start working there, then I really had to speak German full time, mm. all the time. Yeah. Um, of course, it's Berlin is a lot more international. There are people speaking English within the orchestra also, but still official language of rehearsing and, you know, everything is done in German, mm. unless that conductor, guest conductor doesn't speak German. So, yeah, to get along with colleagues and to work in this environment, um, you should speak German. I mean... When in Rome, right? Mm. And um, it it does make your life easier. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think my German has definitely more improved more in Berlin since I started working because right. you have to get around. You have to yeah. get, you know, in, in between. I was a freelancer also. Um, you have to have gigs. You right. have to have concerts and you have to talk to people. You have to uh, talk to audience uh, members or you mm. have to talk to, yeah, like communicate. And so. yeah, yeah. In general, we could say to move to, to other countries, always recommended to learn the, yeah, yeah. the language mm -hmm. if you want to live there longer because mm -hmm. then you will, yeah, you will also feel much more. Um, included to the yeah definitely yeah environment yeah, yeah. and uh, how did you do this so you can recommend some some tricks tips to to learn the, the language then did you use an app or you had a, a, a teacher or you just mm -hmm. how did you improve your english or just by trying always to talk to to people in german um i in german yeah so i guess i kind of did Everything. I think I tried everything. I yeah. first, prior to uh, Germany, I took some courses at university when I was doing my master's. 
So I did a German 101, <laughs> mm. 102, and things like that. Basic German, intro to German. And then I came to Germany and then I did intensive language course for three or four months, mm -hmm. like 8 a.m. till, I don't know, something like yeah. afternoon, sometime like really intensive every day. Um, and then also once I start to, um, make some German friends. We, I try to, unfortunately not with you, but like, um, yeah, because so I had to. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we, I'm yeah. guilty of a little bit. So yeah, I, so I was always t uh, talking to, to you in English, uh, in English to improve yeah. my English. That in was my English, secret yeah. plan. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. Um, yeah. But yeah, I also, little by little, um, I did uh, learn some lingo and like real you know speaking German uh, with my friends but also my friends were international as well <laughs> so um, yeah. I think I did also at some point I did have Duolingo mm -hmm. the app um, time to time and also I got some books um, not like German books to read but like I had grammar books um, things like that time to time just to brush up on my Uh, verbs or um, conjugation right. if I forget and things like that too but mostly just by speaking just by trial and error just yeah. at one point I got so tired of being being careful of speaking uh, correctly like mm. having the right grammar you know mm. and then at one point I'm like I'm so I'm so tired of like checking in my head three times before before I say anything remotely sounding German. So when, once I got comfortable with a few of my friends or somebody, then I would just 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 speak. And they would um, correct me a little bit mm -hmm. and little by little like that. And then once I had that going a little bit, when I kind of lost the shame <laughs> of speaking bad German, then it, things really um, got faster for me. So mm -hmm. I think, um, yeah, one should have no shame in <laughs> not having the perfect um grammar um or yeah writing skills even emails you know there were it was really hard for me to writing in german is particularly hard oh. um <laughs> there's yeah. so many rules yeah. yeah yeah no it's not not an easy easy language but i can no. tell you russian is even it's, uh, <laughs> difficult much more yes. difficult than, because i'm learning it right now right right uh, yeah. yeah but I, I feel Russian you because, yeah, I'm also mm -hmm. try to learn Russian since two years now. And, wow. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's still. It's hard. It's still in the beginning stage, let's say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Let's, um, maybe let's, let's concentrate a little bit on, um, now we talked a lot about, um, Uh, yeah, how to start uh, study and and so on. let's talk mm -hmm. about to get um to get a job like to get uh, mm. as a musician. So maybe you can correct me, but what I also know of our experience is that in Germany it's quite a paradise to to get an 
orchestra job, right? Because we have mm -hmm. so many orchestras in Germany. Mm -hmm. um, in mm -hmm. comparison to America, um, I don't know, but we have like 200 orchestras here, professional orchestras, mm -hmm. and in, in the States, there are only 20. Or I'm, I don't mm -hmm. know exactly. <laughs> no, mm -hmm. but like, mm -hmm. um, because it's... Um, And I know also why is because in Germany we um, the, the the orchestra they get paid by the government. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So you don't have there are also private orchestras, uh, but they are mm -hmm. um, rare. They're rare, mm -hmm. uh, and that's why all the orchestras are surviving. S still, mm -hmm. even classical Through music pandemic, is not yeah. so popular because yeah mm. the money is coming from from the government and so that's also mm -hmm. yeah tell me about yeah. your uh, point of view yeah i think uh you said it all well um yeah there are just so many orchestras i mean that's that's uh number one um mm -hmm. there are more employment you know opportunities compared to north america for sure mm -hmm. now i don't know exactly how many orchestras are um in the states or in canada but definitely nowhere near germany mm -hmm. and even within europe i think germany has the most um right yeah number of orchestras And yeah, we're here is uh, funded by government and it's, um, it's kind of having a government position, like government job, you know, right. um, um, yeah. kind of like a amta or something, right. you know, so in for a way, example, now quite in the secure. Corona pa pandemic. Yeah. Um, so I'm principal cellist in Stuttgart, uh, Philharmonic mm. Orchestra, and we all we all get our payment uh, even mm -hmm. we are not uh, playing anything exactly. since three yeah. months and uh, the mm -hmm. the other lockdowns we had and mm -hmm. I know for example in New York the New Yorker Opera Orchestra mm -hmm. since mm -hmm. March or um, uh, April March or April yeah they haven't been paid yeah right yeah so um We're funded by the government and we are getting paid um, mm -hmm. in Germany, not like in the States at the moment. And I know um, even like the people who I went to school with, they are um, working in various different orchestras in the States. And I see very different um, posts all the time on Facebook, for example. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a tragedy right now, um, mm. for any, any artists, any, um, anyone who works, um, who works in culture department, basically it's, it's quite difficult. And I am also personally very lucky and thankful, uh, for having this contract right now. Um, I'm not a permanent member. Mm. Um, but I have this time contract at Konzerthaus Orchestra and I had um, this contract since 2019, February. Mm. So I had full, almost full, uh, two seasons with them. And yeah, this is two and a half already. And my contract was extended 
um, we, we had decided and we both wanted, yes. And, um, I signed it right before the first lockdown happened. Like for, like I, I signed for this, uh, season, Hmm. um, which started in August, September. Um, I signed that in, um, March, like, beginning of march yeah that's so funny because me too yeah. me too i, yeah, I signed yeah, it out right of my before. contract mm-hmm. uh yeah first march yeah and then i yeah then the lockdown happened and the first three months i didn't have to play anything but i got right paid, paid. <laughs> so it, it yeah. was uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm so thankful and i feel mm. i mean not to mention also um I mean, I am so forever thankful. Um, I mean, I was going to say Germany is quite good with AIDS right now. The uh, financial AIDS, um, the grants, any sort of um, um, financial help from mm. the government. Um, there are things that you can apply for as a freelancer, any type of freelancing. Um mm or any um, musician, artists, there are several grants that you can apply for. Um, of course, I, I do not uh, fall into those categories because I have a contract at the moment. But if I didn't have this extension of my contract this season, I would have definitely um, applied for those and live um, off of that. I mean, mm. there's nothing going on, um, mm. really. I mm. mean... As you said in the beginning, like unless you have an online business, you know, it's yes. <laughs> definitely there's nothing we can do. Yeah. Um, and I was quite ambitious, actually, um, in the beginning, first lockdown, um, also because every orchestra, I think, in the world was doing something online. We were recording. Right. Right. And we mm. recording stuff on our own. And, um, we had like videos going, some online projects. And we also used this time to record certain things. And of course, this is all properly done with, um, COVID tests always, uh, mm. beginning of the week or twice a week to make sure no one is positive, mm. um, who's working at the time. And, um, yeah, so that's how we're spending this time at the moment. And personally, I actually, um, yeah, so I was really in the beginning, um, of pandemic, I was very ambitious still. And I was trying to keep my playing sharp by playing Bach every day, uh, doing lots of, um, Piatti and Uh Popper. Yeah. Things Mm -hmm. like that to just kind of, okay. Yeah. Maybe back to basics. This is time to maybe sharpen my skills. And, um, unfortunately that was very short lived. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I, it was just psychologically quite hard, um, for everyone, everybody, I guess. But, Mm. and now second lockdown, um, I started to think, um, I, you know what, actually, I, I could use this time to do also learn something else. Mm. And I have other interests. And I just started to think about, yeah, um, maybe I could learn a new skill. And it's then also more interesting, <laughs> you know, right. to, sp- uh, to spend this time more wisely. Right. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. Now. Yeah. So, uh, your contract when when it will end 
Um, it will end at the end of the season, which will be July, beginning of July. July. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, so you uh, already now preparing uh, for for the summer. So what what is your plan? Mm-hmm. Like what? So my plan, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I'm someone who always uh, likes to prepare the next steps and know what's going on and um, be on top of things. Um, so for me, um, this having pandemic in a way, I it's a kind of a bliss. Um, I never took a gap year during my academic. Um, career so mm-hmm. I I kind of it was really frustrating but then it um, gave me an opportunity to really think about yeah how I want to live my life after this right. pandemic and what's really important to me and how so therefore how should I uh, spend this time now um, it's official in Germany as I said before until April nothing is going to happen Um concert wise and so i am looking into ux design it's um something technical it's it's um kind of a web graphic design sort of kind of thing and it's something that i am genuinely interested in and Mm -hmm. it is still creative um it is still artistic It's something I just uh, randomly discovered <laughs> uh, during this called? pandemic. How it's called? It's UX design. It's a user experience design. Uh-huh. It's um yeah it's it's sort of um it's it's um type of a kind of a skill that um you make user any user like anyone who's using internet or app you know web browsers. Uh, making their experience smoother and better so that y- they would spend more time on it. Um, ah. So, yeah. Okay, so then you could a- actually work for me. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, no. but I, I need to learn it, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it takes time, yeah. And so the- I'm looking into uh, opportunities to learn this um, during this lockdown time. Um, of course, through um, online training. Um, online training, online courses. Yeah, online courses, yeah. And I mean, then you, I think... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you want to work as a freelancer or you or you want to get into some company or... Uh, I have no idea. Um, right now, I'm... I. It took me since, what, since March. Mm-hmm. I was hoping for, okay, I want some side project or I want, I would like to pursue also like mm. some, some secondary interest. Like mm. my hobbies and, and all the things that I'm good at are all music related or art related. So like mm. painting or just, you know, things like that. So I was looking for something different and, mm. uh, it took me this so many months until now. So like, I don't know how many months now. It's like, nine months <laughs> to mm-hmm. discover this um, mm-hmm. new genre, new field uh, mm-hmm. that I am interested in. So I'm just kind of, I'm trying to read more about it, research about it. I do not know yet what I would like to do with it mm-hmm. once I'm trained, but I'm just genuinely interested in it. So yeah. and I'm just really thankful. So yeah. this could be that, Maybe in in summer you uh, you will not continue with uh, um, 
playing the cello pro professionally you um oh you don't know yet just i don't yeah i don't know yet because um it could be possible that vaccines um if they if they are now um easy to get i mean i think germany said hopefully by september october you yeah. know majority of citizens should be vaccinated but who knows you yeah, know yes. so we don't know when um even after vaccine um we don't know when our musical or cultural lives would go back to normal so i'm just trying to create more options for myself Right. And being more practical about it. I mean, of course, if I could have another uh, contract, another year and playing with this wonderful, amazing orchestra mm. where I love to work. I really absolutely love to work. and I love to perform there. Mm. I love all the colleagues and projects uh, that we did and we do. It's just really great. Um, so if I have the option, of course, I would keep pursuing that but at the moment everything you know is so unclear and mm. i just i guess i got tired of um just waiting on one end uh of this pan pandemic so i'm just gonna keep i'm gonna keep my options open and yeah. see uh, but yeah so it could be also yeah. that you uh, say maybe oh and somehow oh maybe i will apply for other auditions orchestra orchestra auditions could be yeah could be. i mean if there are auditions happening if, yeah happening. yeah um if if we're going back to normal um, right. slowly then then it could be yeah but i'm just i it's been a really uh psychologically hard journey for me personally um mm. for lots of people probably also but uh for me it's been extremely um emotional because um you know my family members they live in canada and in the states and also uh in korea still my grandparents and i i haven't seen them you know I, i'm not allowed to travel and so throughout this whole pandemic time and especially just now christmas new year's it was quite um, hard for me psychologically and this was the peak I think that was the climax I just kind of on top of all the professional and um, career-wise uh, hardships and everything financial but then have this on top um, you know I'm, I'm sure so many people can relate who are living abroad it was it was really 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 difficult um I mean, there's, there's just no words. Um, and so for me to have this kind of like light at the end of the tunnel as a, another new interest that just the fact that I discovered that I, I like this, um, thing called UX design or I'm interested in it. I'm just so thankful that I, it gave me more, um, positive kind of, um, right. outlook on life. Yeah. And kind of gave me more motivation and to get fired up again. It's mm. like, yes, you know, I can, I can do this and yes. keep going. And, um, even another lockdown, you know, if I have a purpose, I'm very 
purpose uh, goal oriented, purpose driven. Uh, I, I think everybody, Every, everybody. I, I guess everybody, but like but, I am the type of person who cannot sit well just doing nothing. Like, yeah. A lot of people are good at chilling out and mm. uh, really being doing nothing but i just mm. i really don't do well no i don't I, so I, ca i can chill out and and so but mm -hmm. I, i will get then depressed um depressed so, or anxious anxiety yes. just eats you up yeah, you know I, i cannot enjoy yeah. it it's uh, yeah, really, exactly yeah. it's really hard i cannot enjoy yeah. only yeah. yeah sometimes i'm learning still learning it uh, there was yeah. one week where i to uh, told to myself okay now i will really allow me it doesn't matter what i'm doing this week I will just enjoy it. And uh, yeah. it was actually working. But most of the times when it's then longer, yeah. I feel like I have to do something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah something exactly. Useful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pur purpose. I think, I think that also comes um, through because like, because of what we do, you know, like we're very motivated, highly concentrated. Like we, what we do, you know, like, yeah, it's like sports. Uh, yeah it yeah. is it's like um athletes yeah, uh, athletes, professional yeah. athletes it's right. psychologically physically also very comparable um mm. and so from going full-time 100 you know running uh towards this kind of thing called music artistry and you know all that which mm. is limitless you just keep going high energy and then to kind of face this pandemic and mm. nothing and so it's it's been i guess extreme for most you know most musicians um right. and um we yeah. keep going up and down and mm. um it's like okay we should just practice oh no like oh no yes <laughs> so it's yes. been a lot of um emotional roller coaster for sure um, happening yes. yeah. yeah let's talk a little bit uh, about competition uh like mm. for example How hard was it actually for you to to how how hard is this in general to get mm. uh, a, a place uh, Meisterklasse uh, uh, place uh, at the uh, university or conservatorium in in Leipzig? Yeah, uh, Leipzig. Yeah. Um, so I didn't even know that it was such a prestige um, kind of a study degree Meisterklasse I didn't know what it meant I just thought that it was some kind of um, artistic diploma type which is then Kansa exam but it is um, something it's very unique and and it's really comparable to only doctoral of musical arts DMA um, which is in the states uh, full four-year type of program um, And it's a doctorate and you have to write a dissertation and it's also performing at the highest level and uh, teaching. Um, but I would say Meisterklasse is a little bit lighter on the academic end, but more teaching and performing. So um, I didn't know it was such a prestige thing and I applied and I got in, but I think they just pick one person per instrument um, a year so let's say in a studio of like a class of um, then let's say there are about four maybe undergrad students um, and then or five and then there'll be like 
three or four master students or even less and then there'll be always just one master class right um so and first you it, also have to get the invitation so uh, yeah yeah uh, so yeah. i applied and then i i just um I got invited and um, the, the audition process was quite, um, ex it was it was difficult. I mean, you had to prepare a lot. Um, on top of my head, um, I think it was a full Bach suite, any of them, but like a full, a complete suite um, and two concerti. So one romantic or any modern concerto and another one uh, classical to show the difference in um, style and some sonata full everything complete works so full sonata um yeah there were there were many things <laughs> and then there's a juror of uh yeah every department of like string department i think every professor um were there so then they vote they take down your scores and they vote and then then you get admitted yeah yeah, yeah. how how just in the states so when when i was uh, applying for for bachelor i think mm -hmm. so i wanted to 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 i wanted to have the place by by peter bruns mm -hmm. and he said he only have one mm. And there were 50 other cellists. So, mm -hmm. so we're like 50, uh, played and only one could, uh, get it. Get in. Get in. Um, is it in the state similar? Uh, this, this half mm -hmm. competition? Yeah. Or, or is yeah. it not? Because, uh, uh, a lot of people. So what I experienced a little bit mm -hmm. in the state was that, um, at the conservatorium, you have kind of, This, this musicians who are amazingly good on a high level mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they got their scholarship uh, to pay the 30,000 mm -hmm. US dollars mm -hmm. every year. Mm -hmm. And then you have some musicians who are actually not really good, mm -hmm. uh, but they have rich parents. Is, is this true mm -hmm. or it's just a stereotype? Yeah, yeah, of course it could be true. Um, I think there are so many universities and conservatories in the States. Um, it varies. I mean, there are so many people um, pursuing music, um, at least at the time when I was there. Um, and of course, it's, it could be. Yeah, it's true. Um, so I think mostly we look at the teachers first, right? I mean, when we are... Um, thinking of applying um, to certain university or schools, we think of the teacher, who do I want to work with? And then you kind of um, see where they are. And um, yeah, there's so many wonderful teachers. And of course, every school um, costs differently. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, as I said, I was, I was quite like very lucky to have those full tuition scholarships um, for bachelors and masters um, and I otherwise I couldn't I couldn't pay for it um, I couldn't have gone to school but yeah there are some students um, perhaps maybe um, some universities yeah I mean not every school can provide so much scholarships you know mm. so many different types of scholarships but so. did you have to to work uh 
when you when you started your bachelor in the state, did you have to have a a, a, a job, something like? No. I was very lucky. I got a stipend on top of a full scholarship. So the stipend is kind of sort of like a scholarship or grant. Um, but it is, it is, uh, you do have to earn them by either teaching, um, preparatory program of the university or, um, you're a teacher assistant. Um, so that was my work as, I mean, it was still within the music school, uh, related to music work. Uh, I didn't have to work luckily at coffee shops or clothing stores, or I did do that though, when I was, um, in Canada. Um, but that was just because I wanted to experience it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, that's great when when you have the choice uh, just mm. to do it for experience. Mm -hmm. Actually, mm -hmm. I I once did the same. I just yeah. wanted to do it for experience. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, in, in Germany, it's luckily like this that you so um, the conservatorium doesn't cost any money, like right. it's really nearly free. Yeah, and then you have a lot of scholarships opportunities um, to get uh, money that you don't have to. To, uh, to do work uh, to have yeah. a job to to have mm -hmm. money for for a living right living yeah and and uh, for living and um so uh maybe i'm wrong here but also in the states uh the scholarships first of first first at all first of all they are um paying for um the, the paying the money for the conservator um, for the Education, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you still need properly money. Living costs, yeah. Living costs, so, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? So to mm -hmm. get, so, uh, so to get a scholarship to get mm -hmm. paid the bachelor, it's already mm -hmm. quite difficult. But then to addition to that, which will yeah. also pay your, your living, this mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. quite tough, right? It is quite tough. I mean, mm. now I remembered actually, even though I had um, some stipends on top of my full tuition, I, I remember um, I did a lot of gigs. Um, so basically stipend was paying enough that I could um, pay my rent or so, I think. Um, but yeah, still living costs on top uh, i did a lot of teaching um also gigging any any wedding gigs <laughs> and things like that uh time to time um competition so then there is a award you know uh some some cash money um yeah things like that so i i got by or a lot of people also get a loan student loan For living costs yeah uh, that's what i also felt so frightening mm. about because in, in germany, germany we don't know this to get right. a loan yeah. to to mm -hmm. study so mm -hmm. you get a loan only okay to buy a house or to fl uh, a flat but just to yeah. have uh, just to think about you you will go into death with hundreds of hundreds thousand us thousand dollars, dollars yeah. yes when you finished mm -hmm. your bachelor Yeah, yeah, sure. That's, yeah. But, that's, mm -hmm. yeah, crazy. <laughs> it, it's quite common, though, in, in yeah. North America, yeah. I have to say. Um, yeah. It is very common. But yeah, the concept of that when you're so young, it's, it is frightening. And mm. of course, um, 
if you don't have to, you shouldn't, you know. <laughs> right. But um, I would say in Europe, yeah, like in Germany, I think education system and everything is so um, well, like thought out that mm. um, yeah, I really, I really love that about Germany. Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when you yeah so when you moved on like how how hard is is it to win an audition for an orchestra job like what would you say what would you say to a young cellist cellist to <laughs> start thinking about yeah becoming a professional cellist right. to go um, I don't know, maybe you should answer this question because <laughs> I technically don't still have a permanent position in orchestra. Um, but I, yeah, I have won uh, a couple of auditions so far. So how many uh, you did? Germany. How many auditions uh, you did? Actually, I don't even know. I lost count. I did a lot. <laughs> yeah. I think definitely somewhere in the 30s, 30. maybe. Mm. Or 20 to 30s. 20 to Maybe. 30. I did everything from practicant, so internship, orchestra academy kind of internships, to solo positions. Like when I didn't know, you know, I just like went for everything. I applied for everything. I just mm. went. And this started um, while I was still in Leipzig studying. So right. in my second year or so, I started applying and and just started traveling, auditioning all over Germany, even Scandinavia um, and Switzerland and Austria. And that's, that's yeah. quite exhausting, right? Because it is very exhausting. I mean, the one thing, one good thing is that mo most of the auditions were reachable by train and some planes, but um, it is physically, it just takes a toll on you. You know, it's just, it's exhausting to travel all day um and then the day before or even on the day of the audition sometimes and then you play right away uh no matter what the circumstances are and then to play at your best <laughs> possible you know it's, it's just right. a lot of pressure and right it um is. yeah it's quite exhausting so you told that you did around yes you, you lost counting yes you said like yeah But you get your guess is around 30. Maybe it was 20. I don't know. I really kind of. 20. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hard to say. So for me, that's uh, uh, impressive, amazingly impressive, uh, because I think a lot of musicians uh, would stop already when they had a 10th or, <laughs> you know, auditions. And. Uh, what what kept you going How, what's like your advice and and maybe your trick to keep going what would you say yeah, i really also struggled a lot with this psychologically and physically it's really um tiring exhausting and yeah i i think i've done Nearly 20 auditions. I, I am not quite sure though. I didn't really write down the tally <laughs> of things, but this is, mind you, um, from academy positions, like internship positions to, um, solo positions. And it was also in Germany, throughout Germany, as well as Scandinavia. So like 
um, in Sweden, Denmark, um, also Switzerland. So, yeah. And for me, um, I just, I just wanted to get through. I just wanted to see if I could get to the last round as, I mean, or if I could win it, of course. But I just wanted to, I, I guess what kept me going was, there was a bit of progress, even though every audition is really hard and to also, um, kind of forget about it, um, because you, you cannot just think about that day only and worry about it and get really mad or upset about it for a long time because then you just go down, um, you know, psychologically it's really hard. So at one point I started not taking it so personally at first I think first five auditions or so you know sometimes beginner's luck so there's a bit of that um my first audition for example I it was a permanent position I applied for it was um also leading position it was a German town and I was in the finals so I felt, okay, so maybe this is a good uh, place to start, you know. But then soon after, from the second or third auditions, I I didn't really pass the first round sometimes. And it really got me down and I was um, crushed and I was thinking, what am I doing wrong or um, what was good and what wasn't good? And I was really beating myself up. But um, after a while, I just kind of um, realized it, it isn't really personal unless it really was, <laughs> unless I really made a huge mistake in the middle of Haydn D major concerto or something, unless something major happened. It's not really personal and no one should really take it personally because you never know actually what's going behind the screen. Um, back when I was doing auditions, most of German auditions were behind the screens. Uh, so no one can tell who's playing and um, what type of, you know, uh, how old they are. I guess they know all those names and... Um, they have all the datas, um, but then they just kind of put random, um, you, you draw the numbers, right? And then, and it's kind of selected random and they don't know who you are. And so it's kind of fair, but, um, yeah, or sometimes it was without the screen, but yeah, just can you explain what means with screen just for the listeners? It's, it's just behind, um, you, so you're not, seen from the jurors from the orchestra members so you are anonymous and it could be anybody who's playing and that's in a way more fair obviously um so that's like more times when it was behind the screen um i i went up further i i got further um at least second round or third round sometimes finals But yeah, and at one point, basically, I realized I cannot take these things uh, too personally because then I'm I'm getting too into myself and it's just there's no end to that. Um, and then later on, I just kind of took it as, you know what, today is just uh, the day <laughs> you just have to perform and whatever happens, you, you have to forget about it. Um, and I I think at one point I was doing auditions almost like 
one in two weeks or so, really, really often at one point. I was still um, studying in Leipzig then. And then it was literally, I didn't even care where I was going. I didn't even know what position it was. Um, I was always tired, <laughs> always on the train or... And I just, I was kind of like, okay, just one after the other, just keep going. Um, didn't really think too much, too hard. And then that, that was better for me personally. And of course, um, when you're on the road and, um, when you're on this kind of, um, audition mode, then there isn't much time to improve a lot in between these, um, auditions, um, because, you have to take care of yourself physically also and mentally. And on top of that, uh, you have to maintain your repertoire and it's standard. But um, to, to improve on top, I think it's really, it's really difficult. <laughs> um, you just work as hard as you can to make your repertoire ready, ready to go. And then you just maintain it while you're then doing audition um, travels, but, and then, yeah, just kind of keep your head straight. And um, I didn't even in the end really want to win every audition, you know, it was just like, I'm just doing this. This is, I'm in it for a long haul and you just go and do it. And then soon enough, um, yeah, you'll, once you kind of don't worry about the outcome, um, before or after you're just doing it, um, for yourself. And it's a type of training. It's a very special, different type of training. And if you can just realize that earlier, then I think you'll, um, you'll see a good result. Yeah. Right. I experienced something similar. So I, um, after my fifth, uh, fourth or fifth, uh, audition, I won, um, my position here in Stuttgart Philharmonic Orchestra. And 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 this audition, I was actually a little bit tired. I was like, oh, actually, I don't care so much. I'm just play my stuff good and and um, yeah. So maybe that was helping helping it. But that's that's also something you cannot uh, fake it. I think that just comes with with the routine you have you have done already some auditions and what i realized also is kind of exhausting is uh, the the critic uh, when you talk to the persons um to the other cellists who are listening uh what they have to say um why you didn't one or why you didn't uh, um, reach the next uh, round That can be quite confusing because <laughs> everybody will say something different. But what uh, the only thing what I realized, um, sometimes there's like a, a red line through this critique. So sometimes you will hear the same stuff repeatedly from different people. Yeah. So, um, did you, did you make the, the same experience that, yeah, that everybody's uh, saying different stuff why you didn't reach the, the next round and also maybe that sometimes 
there were uh, things, um, similarities in the critics. How was your experience? Yeah, so I also forgot to mention earlier. So later, after some auditions, I stopped asking for comments, <laughs> stopped asking for feedbacks because as you said, um, they differ so much from orchestra to like one to another. And it could be also personal, um, uh, as in like one, you know, like, uh, if you're asking for a comment, you would like to ideally get comment from each juror. And then you can maybe get the better picture of average of like what they're saying in, uh, like as a group together, perhaps. But, um, I stopped asking for a single comment, um, from just a random, uh, member of this orchestra, uh, because it, it didn't really, um, help me. And it was always very different. And sometimes I could agree with them. Uh, maybe because it was something very obvious. Maybe I was really, um, I had really low energy. So my tempo wasn't maybe my normal up to tempo or something like that. But yeah, so that's another reason. Um, I, I, yeah, like in the beginning, I asked for comments and questions because I also, I was so foreign to this system, this whole audition system, this German system. And um, I also never took an audition, like an orchestra audition in North America. So I didn't, but I knew how they uh, did it um, just through my friends at the time, but I've never done it myself. Yeah, but I and heard... to come here and... What I heard in uh, um, um, North America, you have to prepare much more piece, pieces of music, right? How it's yeah, what is a lot the of repertoire. Yeah, lots of repertoire. Yeah, so the repertoire list is a lot longer. Uh, there's it's bigger. They ask for more Orchesterstunden, so excerpts, uh, orchestra excerpts, a lot so, more hmm. than Germany, um, I would say. Um, and I think there are so like way way uh, bigger kind of a pool of people for the first round uh, sometimes it's like nearly 100 people mm. for one position um, mm. that's what I heard but I've never done it myself so I can't really um, guarantee that but sometimes if it's a really good orchestra then yeah I, I could imagine it um, for the comments yeah so I never like I realize um i was taking those comments too personally and they really affected me and my type of like psychological kind of game so i once i stopped um caring about those and stopped asking i felt better and um and also you know at the end of the day like it has to work from both ends like you have to like this orchestra as much as they are trying to hire someone, you know, hire you. So it has to be, um, 50, 50 in a way, you know, like, um, it, I think, um, with my successful audition, um, experiences, like it was always mutual. I think I felt personally comfortable as well as musical and, Even the whole atmosphere of the house of the orchestra or, you know, having that a day of audition, that experience was, was always 
a bit more pleasant or something like that. Something, something always clicked. And then naturally, if I feel more comfortable physically, also psychologically, then I will play better, I guess. And it, it just has to work both ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So competition is right high, uh, um, quite high in as a cellist. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it's actually kind of crazy. There's not any other, um, profession like other um, um, um professional work you can do where you need so much education so if you really want to become a professional musician at least you have to start around five or six uh, when you're six years old or okay some maybe nine or ten but so you you have an education which is already 20 years long like no doctor mm -hmm. in the world or no uh <laughs> Pilots have mm -hmm. this kind of long education uh, by um, mm -hmm. doing it, and so it's a long way to go, and a lot of money, uh, a lot of uh, time you investing in, and um, so I'm just wondering if if we we should warn more people <laughs> to 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 take this path because I, <laughs> sometimes I feel like when you in a um when you start even when you so uh even you got um applied to uh, to a bachelor that's mm -hmm. already uh, not easy yeah but still there still you are in a in a in a, in a huge bubble there uh, yeah. <laughs> because the next step then to to get uh, a really professional like uh, get get to get a job in an orchestra or whatever to earn Yeah, to earn money, uh, that's that's quite quite difficult, right? Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I think it's a very special um, type of a job. I mean, if we can even call it a job, um, because I call it a lifestyle. I mean, it's it's to be a musician, you have to live and breathe in music. You know, otherwise, uh, you'll go nuts, you'll go crazy. I mean. It's just too much work, too much concentration, too much self-discipline um, and determination, um, hard work ethic. And um, there's just too much. Um, um, and if you don't love it, if you cannot um, live with it, and you also have to compromise a lot as a musician. I mean... Um, I don't know. There are things, you know, to discipline yourself and to keep your routine or to keep your skill set very sharp. There are so many things that you have to compromise. Um, like I used to complain, <laughs> I think when I was younger, when I was a teenager or even younger, um, you know, you don't want to practice, but you have to practice and you want to go out and have fun and go out shopping or with friends or even during college, um, college days, like there's a party or there's this happening. And, you know, the next day, maybe you have a rehearsal and therefore you have to sleep earlier and you have to make sure you eat well, and, you know, things like that. Um, you always have to, um, really look after yourself. You have to be pretty selfish about it. Um, so if you cannot, um, pretty much like if you're not ready to give up <laughs> as much as you earn so 
many and so much of like um unbelievable this beauty of like music and arts and all these things is super rewarding and you know sometimes you get like a couple of seconds of um um something you perform and something worked and this is like it gives you so much love and joy and um and I could live off of that for like six months or something, you know, from that moment alone. And it's a very special thing. But for that you do have to compromise um in your daily routine or in your normal kind of lifestyle. So if you can do that, if you can trade off and if you're willing, then there's nothing else like it in the world. I mean, being a cellist, um, performing, whether performing, teaching, um, in any, any way of, uh, being in music, being in the arts is very rewarding. It's special. It's just mind blowing and there's nothing like it. So yeah, I think you, but you have to be ready to um ready to compromise mm-hmm. i mean it goes for so many other jobs and so many other fields but i think um for music uh for cellists as well as any other instruments maybe but yeah you have to you have to love it you have to live and breathe yeah mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about if I have any other questions or anything, or maybe there's something what you want to talk about, or you uh, think what's important to get out out here. So I want to be, yeah, I want to get a look inside how this to be actually a, a cellist and a musician and for people who are interested and also um, people who, yeah, sharing the same profession yeah i could say one thing um i could share maybe this is on like a it's a personal remark but um i didn't actually um start um until quite late on the cello i played the piano since i was um when i was five or six but i didn't switch to cello until i was 11 or so Mm. so it's quite late actually late start um even for my generation <laughs> of people and who, yeah, but I, so maybe therefore, because of my late start, I always felt like I need to get my education in order. I need to get through as soon as, as fast as possible. I need to, uh, I cannot take a gap year. I cannot take a break. I don't have time for exchange student um, type of thing or, um, I just need to get through, like I need to hurry up. And that was, that was the kind of uh, mindset I had, um, the whole time until, until COVID actually, <laughs> um, time to time I wondered because, um, even during my college days or high school or before I was pursuing music hard. I mean, hundred percent always, but then Time to time, I had curiosity in different fields. You know, I I thought, oh, how about this? Studying, how about that? And that would be also interesting. I could see myself doing that. So I, because I also come from a very non-musical family, I'm the only musician um, from both sides, from my dad's and my mom's side. So 
Uh, it's quite, it was a struggle. I mean, I had to do my own research um, for teachers or for schools or how to go about things. And, and um, I had no resources, no connections. And it was, so I had to do it all by myself, which uh, helped me to become very independent. But I think it took me a while to get um, further in every step I was in um, because I didn't really have a, a mentorship. I didn't have anyone who I knew in the business, you know, guiding me. Um, so that's why I had this kind of, a, oh, I have to hurry mindset. So even though time to time I had different interests in uh, different fields, I just kind of fantasize or I daydreamed a little bit and and then I would just okay I have to put it away I have to put it off and and keep going in music and um but this kind of question always um came to me and what would I do if I weren't a musician because I mean what we do is so special and it's so self-absorbed like type of thing that you're in your mind all the time. We practice alone. We uh, think alone. <laughs> we study alone. We have to listen and score study alone and everything we have to do alone. And we have to practice in front of a mirror alone. So we're watching ourselves, you know, every second in and out. So it's very self-absorbent type of deal. And I... At one point, I went mad. It was just too much. It was just too much of me, 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 myself, and I. It was just uh, I couldn't handle it. And yeah, so um, totally feel you, yes. Uh, yeah, the exact yeah. same thing. So I can uh, share a little story that. Um, so I I went to the Tchaikovsky competition, and mm -hmm. uh, I prepared for that uh, one a year, uh, one year, mm -hmm. and. Um, And it was quite difficult uh, to get motivated to practice every day for this. And uh, I was struggling a lot. Even two months before the competition, I had mm. really struggling to practice at all. And then even when I was there in St. Petersburg, first round, the two days before, I had, I put, I put just so much pressure on me because the whole year I, I waited for this moment you yeah mm -hmm. and, and um and then actually i had my the, the worst <laughs> so i had this was my worst birthday in my my whole life so oh, um, no. i um uh, because the announcement who was in the next round was in the night Uh, I think around one o'clock the night, and this mm -hmm. was al already the beginning of my birthday. Oh. So and then then I was oh you're next you're not um, in the next round and and of course you mentally preparing for this and uh, I am always telling myself yeah don't worry life life goes on and and so on but yeah you put so much uh, work into it and. Uh, actually, two months later, um, I applied also for the uh, IRD competition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I felt like no, I'm I'm too exhausted. I'm I don't mm -hmm. have the energy anymore. I, I was not mm -hmm. capable of getting myself to practice. Mm 
this was mm. because this was always me alone and mm. i realized that I, now i have to change something <laughs> and mm -hmm. um so i also thought like okay now i have uh, have to apply for auditions for for orchestra for uh, but I was uh, I had the same issue I was like okay mm -hmm. how I get out of this uh, depression yes bubble yeah yeah and I um I tried a lot of things I um also had a, a music uh, coach you know where you pay mm -hmm. like oh, nearly 100 euro for one hour and then mm -hmm. and this was helping uh, but it was not solving my problem yes it was not solving my problem to practice mm -hmm. And then I mm. I did something, probably something crazy, uh, uh, but it it worked. I worked so perfectly, so <laughs> you will laugh a little bit about it when I'm telling you the story. So I was uh, searching for a person who will who like who could help me, and mm -hmm. uh, who is willing to come every day to my mm -hmm. practice room. Mm -hmm. And just sitting there and it, just make sure that I'm practicing. And I'm paying this person okay. like five euro. So five euros are like six dollars, um, every, every hour. Okay. And I, and I find an, an, an old man who is, uh, Hartz IV Empfänger. How to say this? How to translate this in, in English? Hartz IV Empfänger. He's, um, Ah, you I don't, don't know, know what's Hartz IV Empfänger. Yeah, sorry. So it's a, who, who, um, he doesn't have any work. He just get paid, um, he get money from the government. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yes. Sure. In Germany, we have the system when you're not working at all, still you yeah, get some money yeah. from the government. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, so he, like a homeless, homeless person. <laughs> no, he was not a homeless person. No, sorry. Well, no, or is no, it no. like a retirement, like yeah, a Yeah, he was an early retired person. Retiree. But, uh -huh, okay. um, he got not a lot of pension. Let's, let's put it this, this oh, way. Oh, I see. Okay. And, and so I just paid him to come. Mm -hmm. So I made an appointment. Okay. Uh, every yeah. day, 10 o'clock, we will meet at my mm -hmm. rehearsal room mm -hmm. and I practice. Mm -hmm. And, and that was helping wonders, uh, to be honest, because wow. uh, just because of this, um, um, yeah, what I was coming out of the depression because suddenly I felt like, okay, I can do, I'm, I'm doing something. And then, it was also also like um when he was so he was there for a couple hours yeah maybe two hours or three mm. and then uh, i was alone by myself and because then i was already practicing mm -hmm. normally I, I continued my my practicing and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and that uh, saved me through all the, the auditions i didn't wow. want uh, because i still had this appointment with him okay yeah doesn't matter we, yeah, because yeah. it's especially I find it especially so exhausting orchestra auditions because you have always the same stuff you're playing same repertoire repertoire mm -hmm. and repertoire and you have just have to yeah keep it warm and somehow to try to play it even better whatever yeah, whatever this is yeah. you know yeah <laughs> and um yeah, I wish I had I had this tactic, uh, this trick um, 
uh, used uh, earlier for the Tchaikovsky competition mm -hmm. or for other mm -hmm. competitions, I, I would mm -hmm. not had uh, suffer, suffered so uh, mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. And so this was like a, a simple trick uh, for me. What helped <laughs> amazingly good and um, yeah. much. And I would it would be the same money if I had a coach. I would pay a co sure. coach every week. Professional, yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. but let's and uh, let's in the end, it's just yeah, you just do it. You just have to do it. Like yeah, and I get then the depression of when I'm not doing it. Then I feel like I'm I'm not under control. I cannot control myself and and um yeah, and that's what's what it makes it difficult because we are always on ourselves. Like. Now, when, yeah, when you play an ensemble and you have your concert and then that's something different, then you're always rolling and mm -hmm. rolling and yeah. interacting with others. Yeah. yeah so interacting. Yeah. But to be, yeah, it's to be honest, sometimes it's really un, unhuman. To, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really interesting what, uh, to hear about what you've done. Um, so a total stranger, you hired a total stranger to be in your practice, uh, space. So yeah, that, just, just so that you would, you would respect this, uh, appointment and you would actually show up and do the work, start the work. Yeah. So the thing is, I, I tried this already in different ways with, uh, with friends or without money. Mm. But the mm -hmm. thing is, when you do it with a friend who's also a musician, After a week, he will say, uh, oh, I'm so tired. I don't want to come today. Yeah, yeah. Or I will say it. And, and when you pay something, somebody, he, he really is, yeah. Yeah. Want, Then it's official. He, yeah. You want his money also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's a exactly. little bit, yeah. You have to honor. Bit, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, mm -hmm. and he want to earn the money. And, um, And he, yeah, and it's actually a great job because he, he doesn't have to do anything. Uh, he not even had to say right. to me, practice because, uh, <laughs> we met Just and being there himself. Yeah, yeah. I was already practiced because, uh, yeah, I didn't need anything more. Like, and he was, yeah. um, <laughs> he was listening to a movie with, with headphones or he was doing oh, okay. something completely different. He was not watching me, you know, he just was yeah, in the same yeah. room. Uh, the funny stuff he was his dream was always to go to Thailand and uh, uh -huh. to um uh, to to live there because uh, okay. it's really cheap and then he was always yeah. chatting on Facebook with a woman from Thailand mm -hmm. and, and, I was, <laughs> and I was practicing hide and and, and oh, wow. <laughs> it was quite a funny yeah so I just made I made an announcement and uh, on the internet or in the internet yeah and and uh said yeah i'm looking for a person uh of course i was mm. doing kind of some kind of anonymous anonymous mm -hmm. anonymous yeah anonymous anonymous yeah. anonymous <laughs> and uh yeah and then i had uh several people um mm. really a lot of people who were interested in because uh, uh they said often oh yeah then actually i can write on my book when you're doing this Oh, and I get yeah. even paid for that uh, writing right, my book because right. there are so many yeah. people struggling with uh, right this Self discipline. discipline. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, I decided me for him because he he had um, always time. 
So that was mm, a good, mm. good point. He always had mm -hmm. time. So it was no issue to say, oh, okay, let's do next day. Let's do it in the afternoon or the morning mm -hmm. or whatever. And mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So that, that sounds really refreshing. I mean, I've never tried that. Um, I usually, I usually, uh, didn't have a big, um, well, some days are just really hard to just get up and sit down and start yeah. playing. But usually if I had a goal or if I had a deadline or if I had, you know, um, like a audition date mm -hmm. set or something and I'm invited, then I, that was no problem for me. But so, so my point was basically I, my only, I, I don't regret anything, um, by being a cellist and, um, who, who's, uh, made it this far in this, um, game, <laughs> um, game of cello. Um, after studying, yeah, game of cello, um, after studying and all that. Um, the only thing is that I was so afraid that if I didn't practice every day for so many hours, then I would lose my skills and, um, very quickly and I was worried that it's going to go away and uh, therefore even if I had some other interests um, in different things I didn't pursue them you know maybe this is just my personal thing and I don't I don't know how others deal with that but um, kind of this COVID time just kind of uh, made me force me to stop playing right and we're forced to not um, play at all and just you can we can practice but we cannot perform and um, it kind of gave me an opportunity to really think and think back and also think forward and um, and I realized you know had I been more chill <laughs> throughout my um, educational like or any kind of um during my school days or even when I was freelancing or, um, and if I were more chill so that I do follow my passions and hobbies and, you know, just it's, and because I think I put the cello on a pedestal a little bit and I cherish that so hard, <laughs> um, which is really also nice. But at the same time, I kind of stopped myself from, um, discovering other things in life. And I think some people are very good at doing that just uh, simultaneously. You know, they have these hobbies and um, serious hobbies and almost second career, but they do this and that, uh, and still uh, being a professional cellist, like a lot of people uh, have that ability and they, they do it well, but I, I couldn't do it. I didn't do it. I couldn't do it. And now I'm starting to um, realize and I have the space in me now. Um, and COVID kind of lockdown time gave me this opportunity. So in a way, I'm very thankful. And for any younger cellists out there, I, I would say don't be afraid to take breaks and take it easy on yourselves. And of course, your love for music. I mean, if you're already pursuing the cello, that means you love music in one way or the other. And, and that's not going to go away. 
you know, of course, practicing is important. Um, craftsmanship and technical things is really important. But most importantly, your mind and your heart, they shouldn't get tired. Yeah. So if I could say anything to younger generations, young, younger cellists, um, who are listening and who are watching, I would say, uh, don't be too hard on yourself and take breaks. If you have other interests, like pursue them. And, you know, if you are already playing the cello, if you're already in college or, um, that means you love music, you love the arts and that's not going to go away. That's not going to, um, no one's going to take that away from you just because, uh, you have a new interest in a different subject or different things. And so many, times I see this and also in myself, you know, I thought like if I practice this many hours and I'm going to become a better cellist and I will be automatically better. No, you know, like I thought that for the longest time, but um, no, you're, you need to give your brain, your mind and your heart some breaks <laughs> time to time. And it's very healthy. And um, had I known this, had I felt this, uh, sensation, you know, epiphany before, um, I would have definitely taken, uh, more breaks and also, uh, give myself some more time to really think deep and, and, uh, more freely about music. And, um, I mean, I'm really thankful in a way to COVID and to this lockdown because it definitely gave me this opportunity to really look at myself and look at my life, um, my past, my present and my future. And I realize, you know, uh, it's, it's all okay. Um, and you shouldn't have to go after this feeling of like, Oh, I got to hurry. I got to finish this degree. I, I need to do that. And I need to buy by at what age I should be doing this, you know, Whatever you write down right now, I mean, it's great for your goals and things, but it's not going to happen the way you think. You know, life is just funny that way. And um, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Um, so, yeah, just take more breaks. Uh, be kind to your mind, your heart um, and love music. And um, yeah. I think that that would be the last thing. Yeah, last thing I would say. Yeah, thank you so much, Sei, for sharing uh, this. And um, yeah, so uh, this was the first episode of well, Wonder Cello of the Wonder Cello podcast. And um, yeah, we will see how far this podcast will go. I hope. <laughs> to post every week uh, now um, a new episode so thanks for having me Vasily this was really wonderful also um, it was really fun to talk about this um, I haven't talked to another cellist about these things in a very very long time it was very refreshing and also just really nice to chat so good luck with your podcast um, I will be tuning in and yeah. all the best Thank Thanks you. And uh, yeah, we can uh, repeat this. 
This was the Wondertale podcast. This audio podcast is also available as a video podcast on YouTube. If you like to see us in person, there you will also find a lot of other great video content. Make sure to tune into weekly episodes. Thanks for listening. Thank you.